Hi everyone, my name is Natalie Ledwell and this is The Inspiration Show. Today on the show we have part two of a two-part show that I'm doing with a special guest. Um, our first part obviously was last week uh, with my special guest Sydney Reeves. Uh, Sydney is one of these amazing human beings who uh, has overcome massive challenges uh, in his life to have such an extraordinary and inspiring story and so much so that we couldn't fit it into just one show we had to do it over two shows um, and uh, and so if you didn't get a chance to see the previous show I encourage you to go and do that um, but uh, before you do that and before you you know if you're watching this on Facebook uh, live or if you're watching this on a YouTube channel don't forget that uh, after this show is over just to click the link below this video to take my 30 second quiz so I can figure out what's holding you back from success. So Sydney, welcome back, part two, part two of your riveting story. <laughs> Happy to be here, very grateful. Yes, so in the last show we talked about how, um, you know, how you had uh, like a terrible accident, you were on top of the world, had a terrible accident, was hit by a car while you were jogging with your girlfriend. Uh, your girlfriend lost her life. Um, and we went through the whole journey of your healing process um, and, uh, you know, from having your legs sewn together to, uh, you know, trying to visualize yourself, you know, back um, running again. Um, so, uh, you know, and the thing is we talked about what your thought process and how strong you were through this whole, you know, healing process, which took, you know, years. Um, but uh, what I find even fascinating about this is that, you know, by all accounts, and especially with the upbringing that you had, um, it, you know, it, it's surprising that you had such a positive outlook. So can you tell us a little bit about, um, you know, like your childhood, your upbringing story, and even the challenges that you were facing back then? Yes, absolutely. I, I believe that people are, first of all, born with a certain amount of optimism, if you will. Um, and then from there, you know, you go from there. I, I fell in love with sports at a young age. Um, I just loved running the ball in football, and it, it just it became a, my first love in life. And um, I like to win like any other kid, so I became very competitive. Uh, and I think that was the first two ingredients that I used um, to begin the process of uh, coming back from my accident. Hmm. So, um, so tell me your, your childhood situation. Okay, so I was um, uh, born in Denver, Colorado, and uh, my, my mother was a little Italian lady uh, who went off to college at Utah State in Logan, Utah, and got involved with the quarterback, you know, and uh, my dad, he was an African-American, uh, all-American quarterback from Michigan, and um, uh, they were young and decided to give me up for adoption. I was adopted and raised in Ogden, Utah, by um, uh, two African-American parents, one from Texas, one from Oklahoma, so very Southern, and um, an only child, so kind of spoiled. And my mom couldn't have kids due to her diabetes, so she raised me and loved me, and I just kept playing sports. And, and up until the time I was in um, high school, um, you know, that was working for me. And, and then, like I said, you know, when she lost her legs, I saw what that was like. And that became a big motivator when my legs were threatened. I knew what that was like, and I just wanted to do everything in my power to overcome uh, what I faced. Right. And so, um, 
you know, I, and I know a lot of people who have come from broken homes or, you know, are put up for adoption. Um, you know, what was that like for you? Did, you know, did that play in your mind while you were growing up? Was it something that concerned you? I, I can remember this like it was yesterday. I was play, outside playing football and my mom said, you have to come in. And I was upset because I was being, you know, taken from the kids in the neighborhood. And I sat down and she said, we have something very important to tell you. And I said, okay, what is that? She said, you're adopted. And I said, oh, okay, can I go back and play now? <laughs> so that's all it was, just driven to play, driven to play and have fun. And uh, knew that they loved me and it wasn't important. And I probably would never have found my natural parents if it wasn't for the fact that my mom passed away, you know, at 57. And so at that point in my life, I decided to, um, to find my natural parents and I was blessed that it all came together and they came back into my life. My mom was living in uh, Clearfield and she was at that point losing her mom. So I knew my little Italian grandmother for two weeks before she passed. And then I met my dad and his side of the family. And it just goes on and on. You know, he was going through his own adversities. He just lost his home in the Oakland fires. And uh, so I came into his life at a, a time during his adversity, but we all came together and they rallied around me to be support in my uh, battling these surgeries. Right. So um, in the last show, we were talking a lot about, uh, you know, how you were visualizing, you know, being running on the beach. And this is just before you made the decision to have the surgery that um, sort of, you know, sewed your legs together. So uh, tell us what happened after that. I mean, I mean, what is your life like now? What does it look like now? Um, so after 11 years and 25 surgeries, I remember Dr. Scott said, you are free to go. And I walked out of the hospital with, you know, no crutches on my own. And I laid on the grass and looked up at the sky. And I just, just felt like an overwhelming uh, feeling of I, I did it. You know, I actually am victorious. I'm walking on my own. I have both of my legs, both of my feet. And so at that point, I wanted to go out there and live life. Right. So, you know, I was in uh, medical school and uh, it was really challenging for me because I did three years of medicine on crutches, lots of long surgeries and being on call. So I took a break and I actually got a part in a movie with Glenn Close called The Ballad of Lucy Whipple. I lived in the mountains. I grew a beard. I lived on set and I started to train Michael Gallant, the producer. We went into Park City. I helped him work out and I thought this working out thing is really cool. And I had been in uh, California and saw lots of personal fitness studios, gyms. And so basically um, I became a fitness trainer uh, and a nutritionist. I um, have a, had a TV show called Dr. Fit and I did lots of movies and enough to know that you need to take classes, acting classes. So it was a very short lived, uh, you know, you know, I'd made some appearances on some movies and stuff, and um, it was a lot of fun. Became a public speaker. I am comfortable in front of an audience. I love to do fitness demonstrations. But what I really teach people now is to never give up and never to judge the circumstances that you're in. That's the first thing. Um, so when I talk to someone and sit, sit them down in front of me, they might be you know, 300 pounds, 400 pounds, and just getting off the couch is a challenge. They might have diabetes, they might have Parkinson's disease, but because of my background and what I went through, I can relate to them and get them a starting point, and then get them in the moment. And then just keep coaching them to stay in the moment, 
and not feel overwhelmed about everything else that's going on in their life and set up a routine, a powerful routine of working out and eating right. Right. From the time they wake up in the morning and go through their gratitude and their water and their oatmeal and their workout, and that routine, is, it, it empowers you. Yeah. So tell me about uh, the first time and what you were what you were feeling, what you were thinking when you got to run for the first time on the beach. <sighs> it's... It's really hard to talk about it because it gets really emotional, you know. I was just an athlete at heart, and and uh, you know, my kids they say, "Dad, you run funny," and I say, "Line up, Casey, and I'm going to race you right now." I'm 48 and have a broken will, and I can still beat you. <laughs> so we have fun with it, you know. And they're just so surprised, but um, it's a blessing. It's a huge blessing that I that I was able to establish my ability to not only walk but to run again. Um, and I uh, I just love to still do that. I love to, and it's a funny run. It's very awkward looking, you know. It looks like one of my wheels have spun out, but they're still fast. <laughs> so so I, I was just really blessed and. Um, and uh, it's it's been it's been really I've been really grateful for that. Yeah. Now you're not just running and you're not just walking, but the video I saw of you is that you were trying out for um, is it the All American Ninja? American Ninja Warrior. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh! So tell me about that kind of training because that's just that's not just regular training. That's that's hardcore ninja training. <laughs> yeah. Right. So as a fitness trainer. I prepare people for certain events, whether it's a golfer, a mountain biker. So I wanted to prove that my laboratory could prepare me for American Ninja Warrior, despite my, you know, inabilities. Um, it's all in your mind. So I started to see myself doing the obstacles before I did them. And I started to set up, if you look at my gym, I set up lots of things in the air where I was swinging on ropes. They're actually jump ropes that I inverted. I started to um, imitate all of the obstacles on the show and train the muscles that you need, the endurance and all of the, the uh, climbing muscles. So then uh, a guy named Carson Boyles who's on the show, he actually has a replica of the show in his backyard. So I went out there and I tested myself on all the obstacles. And I did pretty good with the six foot wingspan, right? I can still reach pretty far. So um, I went back and retested because he opened up the actual American Ninja Warrior uh, gym. And when I retested, I was actually ready. I could do the pegs, I could do the doorknobs, I could do the devil stairs, you know, the salmon ladder. I realized all the muscles involved and then trained them to prepare myself. Hmm. And uh, so have you been on the show? No, so I'm in a pool of, of guys right now that uh, they could call me at any time. I just got an email from them. They want me to try out again this next year. So it's sort of like I'm in limbo, and uh, I just really prepared myself and tried out for the show. You know, it's it's been great and a good opportunity. If they call me, they do. If they don't, they don't, you know. But I was definitely ready to do the show. And, uh, and I know that you also work with people with different uh, health conditions. I think of the lady, I, I saw the video where she had Parkinson's disease. So how does your life experience, um, you know, translate into how you, you know, or the lessons that you teach your, your clients? 
Um, once again, most what's missing in uh, most people's lives is a strong routine, you know, a consistent uh, commitment to fitness. Fitness has been one of my goals. I started lifting weights in seventh grade because I knew I was small and I had to get bigger. So I stuck with that. So I really, um, like I said, coach people to establish a consistent routine with fitness on their level. You know, learning to what your level is and then do it consistently over time will really empower you. The other thing is nutrition. You know, so many people just are drinking these energy drinks nonstop. Just a few minutes ago, a lady told me she drinks six pots of coffee a day. You know, and what that does to your body, like, you know, the amount of acids. And so I think that people, they just don't feel very good, you know, on a daily basis. And so just changing one habit at a time and then putting in a consistent workout routine at their level. And that's sort of my creativity. I can create an exercise at your level. I can figure out what your level is and show you an exercise you can do right now. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And what about mindset? Mindset. Oh, absolutely important. Like at my gym, nobody ever says I can't do that. I don't allow the word can't. You know, I say, listen, close your eyes and visualize those reps before you do them at that weight and then do the set. You want to visualize it before you do it always. Like myself, I would visualize myself doing the obstacle in American Ninja Warrior and the feelings associated with hitting the buzzer. And then that's when you say, let's go, I can do this. You don't even think about it. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing too. I'm sure that through the whole healing process as well, I mean, 11 years, that's a long time. Um, but, uh, you know, and also obviously being a doctor, this must have helped. But when you can actually visualize, you know, the tendons and everything and healing yes. and exactly what's yes. happening. You know, is that the most powerful way to be able to, to, to visualize something like that? Absolutely. Going inside your mind and body is so powerful. From emotions, like I tell people, you know, if you're feeling depressed, you've got to get out of that environment. You've got to actually physically move yourself, jump on your bike, start riding, listening to your music, to actually get out of that mindset, sort of a downward spiral. And so mindset is crucial in, uh, in recovering from an accident or just empowering yourself day to day. Yeah. So what's your daily practice? What do you do on a daily basis to keep you, you know, fit, positive, you know, and moving forward? I open my eyes and I think about my kids and it sets my frequency. And love is the strongest frequency. We know that. So... I think about my kids and the fact that I have my legs, I have my abilities, I have my strength, I have my creativity. I go all through all the things I'm thankful for that make me who I am. And then I get excited and I get all this energy I can't even control, you know. And if you watch my Instagram videos, they're just crazy outrageous exercises. Yeah. So you can see where my energy is put into the creativity. Right. And so that's how you start today. How do you end your day? Um, I end my day uh, usually pretty exhausted. Um, I like to make sure I get that pre-bed snack. So I usually have some oatmeal so that I can dream a lot. I feel like you, what you eat before you go to bed is directly related to how you dream. And as a fitness trainer and coach, I want people to dream more. I want them to dump their stress so it doesn't build up in their subconscious mind. And I want them to rest as their trainer and myself included. So I basically do what's going to give me the best rest possible.
Yeah. Yeah. And whatever, it's not only just what we put into our bellies, but it's what we put in our mind as well. Because right. what we watch for the last 10 minutes before going to sleep is what our subconscious mind is mulling over all evening. So if we can put something positive in there rather, and you know, if you've been watched, binge watched anything on TV, you know exactly what we're talking about. <laughs> because Never that's watch TV. There's no TV for me. Yeah. No, I do meditate a little bit also. Yeah. I like transcendental meditation. It's very yeah. powerful. Well, um, Sydney, you, your story, thank you for sharing your story. It's uh, like I said, it, it is when I, we first connected and we got connected by, like I said, one of our members from Ultimate Success Masterclass. Um, and I saw one of those videos of you. I'm like, wow, like to be, to have come through all of this and then to be as energetic and as positive and um, have such a fulfilling and passionate life. Um, I want to thank you for sharing your story and congratulate you on everything that you've been able to achieve. Thank you. I appreciate what you're doing also. Um, you know, I survived my accident and so I wanted to take the life I was given and make the best out of it. Yeah, and you sure have. So how can people reach out to you and connect with you? Um, so yes, once again, um, if you just want to uh, go to my YouTube channel, um, uh, the story of Sydney Reeves and just watch my story to help motivate you and inspire you that way Also, you know Instagram is a great way. Um, you can watch my exercises. You can comment you can uh, Participate um, Facebook if you want to have any questions that way. So through just the, the social media, you know Facebook and Instagram Perfect. All right. Well, thanks again, Sydney. You're a legend <laughs> I Sure appreciate you Thank you. So guys, I encourage you to share this video. You can do that by clicking the Facebook and the Twitter share buttons on this page. Uh, you can click the link below or the banner to the side here to go through and connect with Sydney. Um, and uh, don't forget that once the show's over, if you click the link below the video, you can take my 30 second quiz so we can figure out what's holding you back from success. So until next time, remember to live large, choose courageously and love without limits. We'll see you soon.